Hey, welcome to Real Talk episode 161. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Yo, we're having a show for y'all today. Big Voice is here too. Big Voice is, oh, his brother, Big. Small Voice? <laughs> Small Voice. Anyway, welcome to the, I said the remnant almost, which is the Church of Sponsors. Welcome to Real Talk. <laughs> Real Talk. Very quickly, opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything and anything in between. Somewhere in the description of this show and or podcast, you will see a link at www.theremnant.life slash real dash talk. The real in that is R-E-A-L. Click it, go down and submit a question, follow the prompts, and you too can join the discussion at the table. Completely anonymous. Couldn't find if we tried. Uh, that's it. Hey, so we've got a lot of good questions that people have posted and asked anonymously. Listen, this is a really cool opportunity to join a discussion and to direct a discussion and to make an impact in the kingdom if you're a believer who's listening to this because you get to ask the questions and have the conversations that need to be had. Because if you have a question on something, concern, thought, etc., I bet you, there's no bet to it, I guarantee you someone else does too. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you're a non-Christian listening to this show, but you like to learn, and you really want to make a, a er, an educated decision on Christ, Christianity, what's, what it's all about, you have that opportunity here. Ask those questions. We've had everything from atheists, hardline atheists, agnostics, to pagans, to everything else come on this show and ask questions because they want to learn. And, uh, you Pretty know, cool. assuming you are willing to learn and be respectful. We certainly are willing to do that back. We don't promise to have all the perfect answers, but we promise to take it seriously, and I think our answers are pretty good. And if nothing else, we'll drive you to find the answers in the Bible. That's it, man. Hey. Getting better. <laughs> Getting better. After this Four man. years or whatever. Three <laughs> years. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's good stuff, man. I did I did want to make a, a small little side note here to start off the show. Is I know that I asked you earlier how my hair looked. And uh, I was like, hey, how's my hair look? You know, I was like, does it look weird? And you're like, no, I mean, it looks fine. And there was a brief flashback <laughs> to the time when I, I did my hair a certain way. <laughs> to be fair. Maybe I can pop it up on the screen. To be fair, I want to point this out. <laughs> I specifically said when you asked, I said, listen, man, if that's what, I don't know what you're going for. If that's what you're going for, sure. Because you, do you remember who you said it, you were trying? It was CM Punk. It was CM Punk. And, I was like, uh, hey, you know what? You know, the issue is CM Punk's a wrestler. Mm-hmm. The issue is, or a sports entertainer, if you're Mr. McMahon. Hey. Uh, but what, you know, your hair is uh, not, does not appear to be as thin as Mr. Punk. Correct. Um, <laughs> nor did you probably wet your hair enough. Oh, not at all. I think you just tried to make up for a lack of water with product. And what Very we ended well. up with, well... You'll see. It was a good time. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll put a picture up. Probably right here. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So, pretty excited today. Yeah, man. Um, why? Beautiful day. I think the sun was out the last I looked. Now we're cramped up in our slovenly hole of a studio. Sloth. The darkness. Bringing a show to you. I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, I, last I saw, it was bright outside. Fun Turn's already given us the look of, like, my goodness, what's happening, which tells me it's a good show. It is a good show. So, uh, reason I bring up the questions, though, man, mm-hmm. you guys are long-term viewers especially. You guys are slacking. You're telling me all of a sudden you figured out every single thing in the Bible? <laughs> That's a lie. Liar. So, wow, you just offended people. I didn't say you were a liar. I just said maybe you aren't telling the truth right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, drop those questions in, man. I don't get it. 
I mean, I guess I do get it. You just don't want to do it. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Sure. So anyway, we'll move on here. Welcome. We gave you the link. We told you what's going on. We should have done something crazy to catch people in the first 30 seconds. That's how you get them. I'm not wearing pants. See, something like that. <laughs> that would have been. I am wearing <laughs> pants. Yeah. If I wasn't, that could have got them. Fun turns already looking at the ground. I'm just saying, that could have gotten attention, It's right? true, man. It very well could have. Hey, maybe I can take that part. Just literally, we'll do like a, you know, like those old like Chinese movies that have terrible like delayed <laughs> Subtitles. audio. I'll just, I'll just take Or you it. just cut that half, like 0.2 seconds, put it at the beginning, then go into the normal. That's true. That'd be so People funny. People are going to go, what? I think it'd be funny if you went, I have no pants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, so before we get into this, we've got some articles, really a lot to get to today. Um, I slept more than one hour. Maybe three. Which is great. Which for me is a big deal. That is a big deal. So we'll see if that makes a difference today. Um, (laughs) People are going to go, please go back to not sleeping. Oh my goodness. So let me ask you this, my friend. Yeah. Life's a journey. Life is a journey, yes. It's a highway. Some would call it a highway. We're all just riding it all night long. You got to ride it all night long. So my question to you is... Mm -hmm. Amidst the twists and turns of life. Okay. How's the view? How's life going? Hmm. Let me tell you my view. Okay. One word comes to mind, and I said it in my prayer before the show started. <laughs> you did. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Did you really? Yeah. No, not at the, in the prayer, but just now. Yeah, I knew you were going to reference that. I mean, you, just, you know me I know so you. well. Yeah. Redemption. Um, you know, it's That's funny. That's the word, sorry. Redemption. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of cool. That was a nice neck. Yeah, they can dude. probably hear that. That was a good I'm one. Sorry, I can't. I, I've had a I'm lot gonna, of neck problems. I'm going to literally take that and just up it by like 10 dB so everyone just goes like out of nowhere. <laughs> I have a lot of problems. That's going to be. I'm so excited. <laughs> a lot of years of football. Yeah. Just, you know, many times I go, was that worth it? <laughs> many, many, many times as my back and hurts right now. Anyway. So, I've been. It's cool because the fact that like redemption kind of came to me in my prayer. Because um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar. Maybe we can put a link. I don't know. But like, I've been watching uh, the Bible Project on YouTube. Super cool. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with it, they go through every book of the Bible and just kind of do like this little overview. And they go over like certain verses that are like very key to the to it. And they just kind of tell the whole story of the Bible. In these like five to seven minute videos for each, excuse me, each book. And so I started, you know, at the beginning and just have made my way through. I'm still in the Old Testament right now, but one of the one of the things I see a lot in the in the Old Testament is redemption. Like that is one of the key themes a lot of the time is, you know, the complete uh, just rejection that people in the Old Testament, they would just reject, you know, they would reject God and say, you know, we want to do it our own way. And then uh, they would come around to redemption because they'd have a strong leader come back and lead them back to, to God. Hmm. And so it's cool, man, because, you know, I didn't even think about that until like just now. It's like, that's really cool that redemption came to mind because like, that's a theme I've been seeing in the, in these Bible project videos of these books of the Bible, you know, and uh, reminds me of myself, um, you know, I'm very, I don't know, I'm nervous. I can tell you that. You know, people are like, well, you know, why? And why is redemption? You know, I've been given a cool opportunity. I'll say that. Um, and, you know, at this point, it's kind of a sink or swim thing, you know. So, you know, I'm going to swim, but, 
you know, just like in previous times in my life, you know, even up until, I don't know, a month ago, you know, a lot of the time when given situations, you know, I can tend to just want to sink because I don't believe I can swim. And so, you know, this is one of those times where I can feel that, that nervousness already coming, but you know, life, man, like, what do you do? What do you do with those things? You know, do you live in it or do you realize that, you know, I, I am capable because of God, you know, especially for anybody who's listening, it's a Christian. Like how often do we live out of the strength that God provides for us? We don't, we usually try to do it on our own. So, oh man, I'm just very, uh, you know, I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. Um, you know, I think that opportunities, it's funny how opportunities work, man. Like opportunities and blessings, they come at times when you just don't really expect them. It's, they come at the least expected times. And, you know, we can either, you know, live joyously out of those things or we can just like chalk it up to when the next shoe's going to fall. And I think that's how we often take blessings and opportunities, just waiting for the next shoe to fall instead of like being joyful about the fact that it even happened. Or that it was given, or you know what I'm saying? Sure. So, like, I will say, like, I am excited, like, nervous, but excited. And, you know, for anybody out there that, you know, maybe they're going through a hard time, um, you know, if you've been following the show, you know, I have been kind of going through a hard time. So it's cool to have these things happen. And, and if if you're out there and something cool happens to you here in the near future, like, don't don't let the past and, like, what you've done dictate the fact that it's a blessing, that opportunities still come, even if you feel like you don't deserve it. Because at the end of the day, none of us deserve what we have. You know, it's the it's been gifted. So live that out in all places of your life, not just this overarching idea that like we don't deserve what God has done for us and the sacrifice Jesus did. Like let it let it actually play out in your life, even in stuff like an opportunity. <laughs> you know, even if it's gifted to you, don't sit there and, and sabotage that. You know, actually live out of it and be joy. You know, be joyous over that. So, I don't know if that was made sense at all, but that was just kind of something that I thought about just now. I was like, man, what a cool opportunity! You know, I've been presented. So, um, other than that, man, I mean, life is life has been kind of a roller coaster. You know, um, had my my father. He's back back in old Indiana. Um, he's he still here. Yeah, he's still okay. here. Um, he should be here for until like Thursday or Friday, I believe, of this mm-hmm. week. So, you know, he made the trip up uh, up here from Texas. Um, oh, yeah. I know, I almost said Arizona because I'm used to yeah, being in Arizona. He, he's, a, he's a Texan now. So, um, go Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, got to have lunch with him, and, you know, I should be meeting up with him again like on like a Thursday. I think we're going to, you know, come together one more time before he gets out of here and goes back to Texas. But pretty cool seeing him. It's been a long time since I saw my dad. So, um, I've been told that he just likes to walk in and own places, though, apparently. You know, he came in here and was like, where's my son? So Is that what he did? <laughs> no, he said he was looking for me, apparently, but, like, didn't mention who he was. Like, <laughs> he just wandered around the building? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you right now, the white lion can't be caged. Oh, man. It was. It was <laughs> when I was told about it later, I started laughing. I was like, gosh, dang it. That's you ridiculous. talked to him about it? Like, yeah, I, like, I want to Thursday. Yeah. Like, so I heard you just kind of walked in. We're like, hey, uh, <laughs> didn't introduce yourself. <laughs> didn't. He, did he just start walking around? Apparently, you know, I need to get more info because to me, I'm, about to, I'm gonna be like, why'd you do that? <laughs> that man loves his son, and he will not let anything, including a greeting, hinder him in finding it. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. He's though. like, I've come to get him. <laughs> in a weird way, that's pretty cool, man. Like, so because he loves you, he's like, yeah. I'm just excited to see my boy. Yeah, man. So it, it was cool, and like, it's, it was good to see him. So yeah, 
Yeah, man. That's about where I'm at, I'd say. Slowly on the on the up the the upward, I would say. You know what is interesting, man? I am glad that's slowly yeah. upward. And I'm not okay, on out I'm gonna tell you right now, on the surface, this is going to sound like Todd. Shooting a balloon of joy right out of the That's sky. That's okay. But it's not. I don't. Okay? Bl- I, I believe that. I know you do, but a lot of people that watch the show, including people very, very close to me, who have my last name, often think that I am a negative Nelly, okay? <laughs> and like I've even brought that up in this show. But that's not true because I'm a thinker. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. And I, I'm going to apply it to myself, and this is what made me think of it. Truth, okay. it wasn't you. So you said, hey, things have been really bad, and today you, you know, you're know, joy, and this thing happened. And then you actually, weirdest thing, dude, I was thinking this in my head. I was like, yeah, man, I get that. You said the word roller coaster. How do you, do you ever think about the fact, like, how you can get this feeling you have without the good thing happening? Mm. Like, because cause I know you don't, okay, so I'll use myself or people in general. It tends to be like life is only as good as what's happening in our life. Yep. So if we're having a really bad time, life is terrible. If we're having a really good time, life is awesome. I feel personally, and I'm do you genuinely curious what you guys think? Do yeah. you ever like please don't do it? Like I genuinely want to know your answer. Yeah. I think about this a lot because I feel like there's a lot of words out there that we all tend to, we we know what they mean, but I don't think we stop to think about it. So let me give you an example. Maturity. Hmm. Stability. These are words for myself that when I think about it, to me, the idea is, and I mean genuinely me, okay? Yeah, your your story kind of made me think of myself and where I'm at. It's like I want to me those things are being able to not go up and down on a roller coaster all the time, but to be consistent, to be even keel. Do you think now that now I mean that without losing passion, right? Because like then then you become stoic, and that's a whole other episode. Because I I was intrigued by stoicism. (laughs) Look it up. The idea of staying. It's almost like man, I'm all over the place. I need to slow down. I just think it's interesting. Do you think the goal in life is to get to a place where it's not a roller coaster on how we view life based on what's or what is happening to us in the moment? Yes, that's definitely a goal. Should be anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I've. It's funny that you bring that up because I know I've, I've talked about that in like different groups of people before mm-hmm. too. Like in the past, like I've said, like you know we tend to like we hold on so much to the highs and and to the lows that we're constantly going up and down when Jesus is trying to get us to remain in the middle. You know, and I think that you know. Even on the show, I think we talked about in the past, like how we, we can tend to like hang on, you know, we cling to the, the highs. Well, well, there's a pendulum. People can swing way too much to the highs or way too much to the lows. And I think that, and that's definitely a goal, should be 100%. Like, how do you think that, how does it go from being, so something I've been intrigued by lately for people is everyone, I think most. Christians, mm-hmm. okay. I think all cri- true Christians, they want to do the right thing, or they want to grow in these areas. Or let's just talk about people. You don't have to be Christian. Yeah. People want to be more stable. How do we go? For, so everyone would probably say that. I don't think anyone goes, "Hi, I want to be completely unpredictable, unstable." So, you know, <laughs> right? How do we? How? What's the action that can lead to that? I think. Do you ever? Th- because I think a lot of times people out there, we all tend to say, "I'm going to be more stable." Yep. But we leave it kind of nebulous without any actual goals or steps in order to get there. Right. Does that make sense? I think that comes I, in the I think that comes in the absence of knowing how to be stable. And people don't want to ask how to be stable. Like people don't people aren't willing to like because they, they can't handle the fact and, and this is how I am. They can't handle the fact that, well, I know I need to be this thing, but I don't know how to be it, but I don't want to ask because then I'm I'm 
I'm inadequate or I'm whatever, you know? Yeah, man, that's really honest of you to say because that's so true of people, mm-hmm. particularly men, though women too. But I can't tell you how many guys I talk to who, who would rather fail, not move, be stagnant or whatever – only, simply because they won't ask, because somehow in their mind it's beneath them to ask. Because to ask is to admit weakness, yeah. and that's one thing I don't. I, I've told this story mm-hmm. a lot. I have a lot of flaws. I typically talk about my flaws instead of folks. One of the things that I've always had that I guess it can be annoying. So you could ask my mother this. I have always been a guy that asks questions. I am just I love asking questions. Now I think a lot of times she used to view that as argumentative, right? Um, because she'll, it's like, she'll tell you today, like she's, they, my family calls me LT and she will tell you, tell people now she, it's so funny too. As parents, when they grow up, they view things through a lens of like, I love that trait of my son, but they hated it when they're raising you. So when she tells the story now, she goes, you know, I used to always tell people, if you tell LT to cross the street or go the other side of the road, um, He'll do it all day, but you have to tell him why. When he asks why, you got to tell him because he wants to understand. But when I was a kid, it's like, you're obstinate, you know? <laughs> so all that to say, I don't know if it's maybe, – maybe it is a little bit of a rebel in me, but sometimes I guess I find it hard. I don't understand why people don't like asking questions. But I get it. I, I think I get it because there are certainly times I feel that feeling of, I should know how to do this. Yes. So for me, my, right, like – for instance, I don't know a ton about cars, mm-hmm. um, and as, it's even hard for me. I'm catching myself to admit this on the camera because a man knows how to deal with everything with cars, and I know how to like change tires, change oil, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it bothers me when people act like I'm an idiot, even if I don't know. Doesn't right? help the cause, sure. Yeah. But, but like, it's kind of silly of me. I guess it's like, do you think we have a tendency to ask? Man, I'm all over the place, guys. I'm sorry today. I love it. Um, <laughs> do you think? Why do you think it is we're willing to ask professionals but won't ask each other? So, for instance, if my car has an issue, it doesn't matter who the guy is, there's eventually a point where he might take it to the mechanic. Right. Um, If you need someone to, I don't know, lay concrete, if you even counseling. You, you, You know, I know people who will literally rather right now jump to a professional counselor before they even ask people in their church. You know, or talk to people. Not, right. not, not that there aren't specific. Like, I believe in counseling, professional counseling. I'm just saying. Shame. Do you think is that what it is? You think that's what came to my mind? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. shame. People will live in shame because the closer you are to people, the more like they they you know they know you and they can like they can see your junk and you still have to deal with the fact that they're around you. Mm-hmm. While like say a counselor, for example, like you know you're going into it with them. They're not they're not really involved in your life. They're just taking a like they're taking a step from the outside. So, so it's not like you don't have to deal with the repercussions of them knowing this and having to actually walk side by side. So it goes you. back to the idea of not being good enough, kind of. I think because so. a counselor, for instance, is not it's their image. It ruins yeah. your image yeah. if people are close. Man, to we just things. as humans, we just hinder ourselves all the time. Yeah. All the time because we're so worried about how it looks. Yes. And, I, and I'm guilty of that. Me clearly. too. Yes. I think another thing to bring up is that I think that's only the, the people who are actually even going to professionals. There's only about 25% of the population probably. The other 75% is more content with even telling the professionals how to do their job when they really don't know how to do their job. And you see this. I see this every single day at the place that I work. Like random people will come in and then they'll randomly try to tell you how to do your job and they don't know how to do your job. And this happens in multiple different things. You hear it from mechanics all the time. The number one thing that I ever heard from a mechanic buddy of mine when he was, uh, I think it was a cowboy, he was 
they tell you how to do your job all the time. They just repeatedly tell you. Like, they just tell you, oh, well, you do this, do this. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I literally work here for a living. Like, this I'd is I'd just my be job. like, well, why did you come here? Yeah. But anyway, I think I think that's you're right. And I think it goes to a deeper issue. And that, that story is kind of funny because it makes sense. Like, that's how ludicrous it can be. Like, you've brought it to the mechanic, but now you're going to tell them how to do it, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting how we are like we are shamelessly shameful. Yeah, like because we a lot of fear, man. Yes, like like we we will make ourselves look like fools to make to at least try to fool ourselves that we are not like well, you know, we're not shameful. Like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll kind of like what you said with the mechanic thing. Like we would rather. You know, we're willing to make ourselves look absolutely ridiculous to convince ourselves that, yeah, well, you know, I know how to do this. You know, you know what's embarrassing is that in those moments where we care so much about image, so take the guys, you know, that we talk about. We know, we may know some guys, okay? Mm-hmm. I do know guys. And they, they put that image on, but everyone knows it's fake. Like, I know how to build house, and they're, they're literally, like, homeless. You get what I'm saying? Like, they don't – or I have tons of money, you know, like – it's like this game. It goes back to the masquerade. And what's sad when we do that is most of the time we're not fooling anyone is my point. Right. So what I, you know, one of the things I've learned, man, is like we have got, people have to, if you want to get somewhere, you want things to change, you have got to, to one, admit you need to, and two, make actual tangible action steps. So like you said, I don't know how to be stable, right? For instance, like you said, maybe in, that, in the past you said, I think about it, but people don't know how to do it. Well, do they do anything? Do you research? Do you Google it? Do you ask a friend? Do you do anything other than just say, I go to be stable? You know, because that's how I view it. Like, we're like cavemen when we do that. Like, me stable. But we don't actually do anything. Yeah. And I think that's so true in life. So, like, I want a better marriage, whether you're the husband or wife. But what are you doing? It's like we wait around for some other external force to do the thing. So, I want to be stable. And somehow, if I declare that magically, life is going to just make me stable. Or I want a better marriage, yeah. and I'm going to wait until my spouse is doing something better, which will then enable me to feel like doing better, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we're just so – I think what you said is true, man. I think that the key to instability is the fact that we are driven by our emotions. One of my goals the past several years is to become a very – to be an emotionally stable person. You know, And you can look that up. Emotion, the easiest definition of emotionally stable is – um, and it kind of goes with as a Christian spiritually mature. Okay, so emotionally mature and spiritually mature, not stable. That's what I meant. Emotionally mature. Emotionally mature means I do not, as bottom line is, my emotions do not overrun my reason and or our faith. Spiritually mature as a Christian is kind of kind of tied to that is in the sense of I won't allow my emotions even, right, the world, Mm -hmm. because we'll say we're not going to let the world change us, right? We're not going to, but we let our emotions. I'm not going to let my emotions overcome what God has told me to do. That's good. And I think what, you know, we have got to become, we as even in the church today, men, I come back to men, men are called too, but women too, man, we've got to be more emotionally stable, more emotionally mature, and not just try to have the appearance of emotional maturity. Agreed. Because it... It just it doesn't help with anything. I mean, it literally like it. Well, it think is so detrimental. Well, think about it. If you think about when you're unstable, mm-hmm. is it not emotionally driven? It is. So like you, driven. that's why your story was cool and kind of tied. It's like things, and I know you meant it deeper. Like you're saying, hey, don't let the past dictate. You know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth or whatever. Like don't 
that old saying, which I don't even get that, but essentially don't look like don't not accept a blessing just because things haven't gone well, that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you think about it, when you just look on papers, like life's horrible, horrible, good thing happens, life's good again. Right. And it's like, man, don't we, which, which some of that is real, right? I mean, some of that is human nature. I don't think you necessarily, that's like saying if, I don't know, your car blows up that you're going to be like, life has been spectacular. Right. But stability isn't necessarily, but again, I think we're tying it to emotion. It's like being emotionally stable is being happy all the time. And I'm like, that's not true either. No. So it's just interesting to to me. Like I'm being emotionally stable would be if you if if your car blew up and you went, man, that really sucks that my car blew up. But hey, you know what? Let's. I'm not gonna let that affect the rest of the day. You know, I know I need to get that taken care of, and that sucks, and that's gonna be hard. But you know what? I am thankful for this or whatever. You know, you're able to still find uh, something else to focus on rather than just like panicking over the fact that like, oh, like my car blew up, and now it's gonna ruin the rest of the day. Like that to me is emotional stability yeah you you talked about this a while ago with this i it, it was a month ago or maybe a year ago and maybe it was just to me it's a big gap <laughs> listen it was a month ago a year ago or a decade ago at my, some my point memory. you talked about it Look, my memory is not as good as it once was that was hilarious um, but it the idea of like in that situation your car blows up it's the the difference is most is the response it goes back to even yes. with the david and things like this and we can learn a lot from David and his story, even with Bathsheba and his response to that. And some people go, well, what do you mean, Clint? And I go, well, here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. He responded in a way where he not only won, he trusted God because he did weep and he did that. And you see that he, he mourned, he did all these things. He tried, he asked God to change his mind when uh, he was going to take his son and kill him. Hmm. And... He asked for all those things, and he even says in the Bible, he's like, because there's a chance, and I was going to do that. I was going to, I was just hoping, like, maybe there's a chance he'll change his mind. Right. So in, in the, that instance, you're not trusting God in any of that situation. You're not having faith. You're not, you're, you're not doing any of that. You're not even having the humility to ask him or even tell him that you're angry. You forget the heart of God, and you forget who God is. So in those moments, I think it goes back to... Spiritual maturity is directly connected to emotional maturity, like you said, but if you are spiritually mature, you will be emotionally mature because by the very definition, you will be humble. You will have faith. You will immediately lean on Christ in those moments. So when your car blows up, you go, you want to know what? This sucks, but I trust that you have my best interest in mind, and I trust that you will take care of me, Lord. And I ask you to help me in this situation, and I give this to you, and I ask you to help me to be joyful today. Absolutely. And you, you put it behind you, and you move forward. And I think that's what those are the people that smell like Jesus. They walk around with faith. They they don't know where they're going to get their next me- meal. They don't know where they're going to get their next thing. They don't worry about that stuff. It goes back to the parable about not worrying. You can't change your height, so why are you worried about all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Or And I think a lot of people want to justify everything they want to do they want to make excuses and that's why we live in this constant state of delusion or minor narcissism and i think that's how you see throughout your whole life that's why you're so ruled by your emotions at the end of the day because you have no humility you you don't want to admit the truth of what it is which goes back to the whole kingdom series that you did if you don't want to look in the mirror and you don't want to grieve and and mourn your sin like you don't want to mourn what you are you will never grow past the point of acceptance because you may have accepted christ but you will never grow because you're just sitting there in the puddle still you're Mm -hmm. the man by the well not by the well by the pond sorry Hmm. yeah man it uh it's interesting um 
I like what you said because that's why I said they're connected. And I think you put that really well. You know, if you're spiritually mature, you're going to, by definition, be emotionally mature. Right. Um, a lot of Christians out there, a lot of those of you listening, you've got to be willing to admit you are not an, a spiritually mature person because your emotions, and we all have it at times. So don't judge. Some people out there are like who really do strive to move forward, you know, or, or strive to, to follow God. You're not the ones I'm talking to because you probably already, you're going to beat yourself up when you hear that. We all are going to, you know, have moments of that. But I don't believe we should use that as an excuse to stay in it. But there are a yeah. lot of people out there that live in some kind of crazy world, man. Um, reminds me of a quote by Andy Minio uh, from a song, right? Being a man's got nothing to do with age. You can be a boy to the day you lay in your grave. And I think that's what for a lot of adults. There's a lot of women that are girls, you know, 40, 50-year-old, 60-year-old people that you just have the appearance of maturity, but, but to the crowd, but at home or anytime there's pressure or heat, the truth shows. Um, you know, I've, this verse has been coming a lot to me lately, and, and I'm going to talk about it, I believe, in a series or a sermon at some point soon or a message. But, you know, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. That is a powerful, powerful verse. Mm-hmm. You know, that the idea that there are a lot of believers that in a lot of capacities have the appearance of godliness but don't really believe that it, that don't allow it to change them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, it's just it's it's a show. It's a game, you know? and that's sad because it hinders us. Agreed. It's really good, man. One thing that came to my mind, you know, using the idea of like when you're spiritually mature, you're you're, you're just you're going to be more emotionally mature. It's, it reminds me of like even like what Jesus tells us, right? Like when he tells us like the two laws to fulfill, because the rest will be if you do those two. The rest, you know, all the other laws will be, you know, they will be fulfilled just by following those two. It's what it reminds me of, you know, telling mm-hmm. us to, you know, love yeah. God with like a heart, soul, and mind, and then love others as you love yourself. Therefore, all the others, you, know, you do these two things, the rest will be fulfilled. I'm like, dang, it's very similar to that. Like, you know, if you, yeah, it just comes naturally along with it. So, yeah, it's interesting, man. So, appreciate you sharing because I think it's been something I've been pondering a lot. I even have it in notes. What you saw me doing on the phone there, I was not guys actually ignoring you i was writing down notes for later for me to think through through some of the things you both said yeah um because it's interesting to me to continue to sort of to meditate on some of this Hmm. because it has to be possible and i've met people who are very emotionally mature um you know life is going to throw things at you if you're going to wait until you feel like being spiritually mature until you there you're already not yep you know, you've got to choose to do it. And I think that's a huge problem within um, within all of our lives, really, is that we're waiting to feel like doing the right thing instead of choosing to do the right thing. I think it affects our marriages, our churches, our work life, uh, hinders our ability to reach our goals, hurts us financially. You're waiting to feel like tightening the budget, you know, those kinds of things. And instead of putting into practice tried and true timeless principles, or action, actual action steps to lead you to to a goal. So hopefully this all you know ties together for you guys out there. Um, you know, I guess ask yourself: Are you are you an emotionally slash spiritually mature person? Hmm. And if you're not, and honestly, by the way, as soon as I asked that question, an answer came to your mind. You need to deal with that if you're not. Yeah. And if you are, are you helping those around you be better by? 
asking questions, pushing into things, following the Bible, you know, when someone does something they're not supposed to, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's really Just good, interesting. Man. I like what you said. Both of you guys said a lot of good things. I think a lot of it does have to do with appearances and trying to, like, look the part. And it just stinks because it, it really makes – believe it or not, I'm not mad at the – People, when I know people to do that a lot of times, it makes me sad because I know that they're, they're, they're still anxious and they're still not happy. They're just... Exactly. That it's like the having to push past the wall of like, you know, when you actually, when you deny the image of what you're trying to do, that's when the power comes. Like, that's where the power comes. Like, like the power that you know, God yeah. talks about, the freedom, yeah. you know? I don't know. So it's, it's interesting really stuff, man. But anyway, thanks for sharing. Yeah. I'm glad things are going well for Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. We'll move on here to Fun Turn briefly. So, yeah. Fun Turn, how are things going with you? Well, life for me has been, I guess it's been really pondery lately. I don't even know if that's Ponderous. Pondery. <laughs> yes. Ponderous. Yes. yes. It's very ponderous. Um, I've been thinking about, a, I've had a lot of random moments of conviction. Uh, not really random. They're all about the, the same idea. And... It's it's about the idea of living a life above reproach. So that whole section in Timothy has really been just on my mind lately, which is strange. I'm not even trying to speak in like this weird Christianese way, but more of like the genuinely like what that actually means. And I think we all like live a life above reproach. We all think like and talk like that, but actually what that means. And there's been little moments of it coming up, and like I've had to be like, yeah, I know God. I'm like, well, I don't actually, but. Hmm. Thank you for teaching me. And, like, I've had all these little moments of, like, you need to live in a certain way because the fact that you aren't is making your life harder. Mm. It's making you not actually able to do what you could do. Or what, and I don't even really know what I'm supposed to do or what, what I could do even. I don't even understand the idea, but more of, like, you're not living in the way like you should be. Like, mm. if you're going to live a life above reproach all these little things that annoy you and all these things like you can't actually talk right now because you aren't walking the walk Mm. and i guess it's almost like i'm on a delay but it's this there's just been these little moments of like hey you should change that or hey you should speak in a certain way or you need to stop with that excuse like Mm. you know better like all these little moments are coming up and it's almost and and there's small things like even like at work like i play i play secular music at work as much as i play Christian music at work, but there's been a few moments now where I've been like, have I taken it too far the other way? And what started out as like a good, good place, I don't think it's in a good place anymore. So like it's moving back to like playing Christian music all the time, even though I may be hating it. I think even recently, like it's even more of a thing of like, hey, you've allowed them to change you because you got made fun of once. And then even more than that, like you just don't want to put in the work to find more Christian music and put them on a playlist. And those little moments, or when I talk to the guys and it's about something small and I'm like, gosh, dang it, I could have lived my life in a better way. Essentially, I am paying for not living the way I should be Hmm. in certain areas. So like Hmm. whether I mess up or all these things, like I'm having to bear the weight of that, but also having to understand like this weird place of you haven't lived a life above reproach. So you haven't truly lived this. However, to go to go and now do that, just because you have not lived it does not mean you can't start trying to live it. Truth. And in that, you will have to suffer. You will have to, like, there will be suffering. There will be, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be harder. 
because mm-hmm. you didn't do this in the first place. You didn't do what I said in the first place. But that doesn't change how you should live, no matter what they say. Mm. So you can't, I can't change when somebody disrespects me. I can't change when they don't hear what I say. I can't change when the, essentially anytime the wind blows against me or anytime all these things, I can't change. I still have to live that way and live a life above reproach, even if they don't believe it. Even if everybody around me doesn't believe I've changed at all. Even if everybody still thinks I'm a scumbag. And you, no matter what it is, it does not matter. I still have to live that way. Hmm. And it That's good, man. And that's so true. <clears throat> because you can't, it doesn't matter what they think anyway. Hmm. It's almost like, you know. That's, yeah. that's pretty much, yeah. That's, it doesn't matter what they think. Which is hard for me because I am... A person, though I like to act like it doesn't, but it does affect me what other people think about me. And it, that yeah. goes back to being bullied and all the other things in my life. Like, I'm always trying to seek this affirmation and this attention. And I think some of that even goes back to my parents and my childhood. And it's it's been this weird thing of learning. And, and it's also tied back to, like, marriage. So I've been marriage has been on my mind in a different way lately. This, this last... If you haven't watched of King, of King and Queens... Of Kings and Queens. Of Kings and Queens, sorry. I would go, I would encourage you to go back and watch it or listen to it. Um, We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Todd preached an amazing series. And it's made me think, whether you're single or not, you should, it should provoke thought. Hmm. Because I've had multiple different thoughts, and I tend to try and focus on other people, but even in my life, like I think the living above reproach will not only help me in my marriage later on, because it will, because it means I will be able to live in the way I'm supposed to. It's mm. also pushed me more down this idea of like, I need to wait for the actual woman I'm looking for, the actual woman that I want, and the actual type of godly woman that I want, rather than settling for what's around me because I want a, either a warm body or I want somebody to compliment me or I want all these things that doesn't actually matter at the end of the day because you're tied to this mm. person forever. And then even seeing the beauty of like, I've seen a lot of ugly in marriage. And, like, I've seen a lot of that. And it's not just for people who think I'm talking about them here. It's not just here. I've seen it around. Like, I genuinely have seen it around just in my life, just randomly. And I think that's been an attack, and it's made me discouraged. And I think I'm slowly starting to see this beauty again. And, And the idea of, like, it hit me while we were talking. Like, marriage is a covenant. And when you think about what a covenant actually is, and what that actually means, marriage becomes that much more beautiful. And, and Todd has mentioned this before, but I don't ever think it finally, it finally sunk in. Because of the covenant with Abraham, you get to see what an actual covenant is. And it's the two parties are saying, I will do this for you, and then the other party will also do this for them. Regardless of each side, it doesn't actually matter. And we see that with God and Abraham. Because mm-hmm. there's times that Abraham messes up, but God still holds to his side of the bargain. And there, there's honor in that. And even you would see that in certain covenants back in time. Now that also would have, the other thing is, is like that gives them the right to leave, which is also what God's trying to get. I've started to realize this is what God's trying to get us to believe, even with divorce. He's like, you may mess up in a marriage. You may do all these things. And while you have now the right, because they have broken the covenant for you to leave, I still don't want you to do that. I want you to work it out. I want you to keep going with the covenant. And it even goes back to Jesus and like what the G- God and us 
this whole story, like with marriage, it goes back to that. And that's even what he's trying to do. He's like, even though you broke the covenant with me repeatedly, you did all these things, like the Israelites, you ran away, you did all these things. I still, I still went through them with my end of the bargain. And in fact, I made a new covenant with you that will always be here that so that you could be with me as long as you believe in Jesus Christ. And that idea of like, you still mess up and do all these things. That's still what he wants to say. And I'm not condemning people who have gotten divorced. You, you have that right. I'm just, there's, there's been this beauty in like the idea of what God's actually trying to get across. And he isn't mm-hmm. mad with those people that are divorced either. He isn't, he's like, you're right. You have this right. So where are we going right now? Cause now sorry. we're heading into sorry. covenant divorce. I, I'm not against it. I like, it's just, well, <laughs> sorry. I've been yeah. on this rabbit trail. I'm no, that's cool. I'm a rabbit trail guy too. I just want to make sure we're, People don't lose you because I think all your stuff is good, but I don't want to lose the initial point either. You I'm know what I mean? I guess I'm seeing the beauty of what marriage actually is, and that's also helping me to see what it is to actually be a king and what that's actually going to look like in the relationship. There we go. And actually what I want to see out of my wife. I, I wrote a quote, and not a quote. I wrote a thought that I had during one of Todd's sermons, and it's there is something so powerful and beautiful about the queen when she submits. Mm-hmm. Because she is strong, she is a warrior, she is powerful, she is all these things, but there's something so beautiful about when she submits because we will be moved by that. And though we should not be dependent on her doing that, we will be moved by because she is all those things and the fact that she chooses to submit will move Mm -hmm. us. What's cool. And there's so much beauty in that, but it also goes the other way because we aren't supposed to be dependent on her and also being a man that she would want to submit to whether and that also goes the other way she shouldn't be dependent on us being that type of man but even seeing that in my own life like where am i not there yet i'm not emotionally mature Hmm. i I tend to stay in this depressed state sometimes i I get lazy i i'm i'm seeing all these little parts i'm not living a life above reproach and i'm it's all these weird little things like and, and the enemy is clever the enemy is clever because he's trying to make me go, well, you could just, you could just half do it and you could get all these things you want. And I'm like, but that's not really what I want because I've seen what happens when you don't wait. And I guess the, this wait whole, for what? What do you mean? If, when you don't wait for the right one and you don't mm-hmm. actually do what you're supposed to do when you settle, not to say that you've done anything wrong. So tie this back to being above reproach. I, that was your initial point. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just want people to know where you're at. Essentially it's, being a brother approach has gone in this idea of being the king and gotcha. like what that actually that looks sense. like. And when you do that, how that leads to good things in general, right? Because mm-hmm. you're going to not settle. You're, you're mm-hmm. going to not do uh, take the easy way. You're not mm-hmm. going to do things before their appointed time, all that kind of stuff. I think that makes sense, man. Yeah. It's almost, you know, above reproach, the, the idea behind that, right, the, the terminology, the phrase typically comes in the context of an elder, right? But yeah. what's interesting about that is, is that Paul says every man should strive to be those things. Every man. It's really good. So the idea of being above reproach is really just the idea of following God to a point mm-hmm. that even if people don't like God, they can't question that you are what you say you are. That's awesome. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's pretty powerful, man. I think that's good. Yes. The whole, it's funny, man, because I sometimes I, I think about marriage, too, of like, a lot of people, especially like single people, I know they can lose hope and thinking like they'll never like, oh, I'll never be married. So like they can tend to look at marriage as like this negative thing. And, you know, when marriage can even inspire single people with a relationship with Christ, because like we are the bride of Jesus, like as as a, as Christians, as the church, like we are his brides in, in that way. Like 
like the idea of marriage can like that can mm-hmm. inspire people who are single too of like your relationship with Christ like how beautiful it is so yeah i just want to make sure i think that's good and i think the marriage stuff you said was good but it can also end up muddying the waters of what you initially meant though though what you said and even what you said is kind of tied to his other point so i guess for me to kind of bring it together on that i guess i would take from that like you know even we have to even view marriage like if you say you're following God, but it's not shown in your marriage, if you're not mm-hmm. living your life above reproach in marriage, are you actually following Jesus? No. Mm-mm. You know, and you're coming out from a single perspective, but it's the same thing. <clears throat> you know, and encourage you, man. You, you, I this is what's funny about me. So everybody, a lot, not everybody. Some people are like God hates marriage and family. That's so stupid. I don't. <laughs> I do have a tendency to be almost naive in the sense of like I don't compare it to other people. I can't. I've had people say, "Well, Todd, what is a marriage you look up to?" And if I'm honest, like. You know, there's parts I see in people, and it's right. beautiful, but I don't look up to a lot that I see. But I get encouraged when I look at the Bible's description of a godly marriage. That gets me excited. It's really good. So, um, you know, I think that what you said is really good, man. And and can a tie, I guess I would wrap it up, but I mean, do we... That's what I sound like today. <laughs> um, are we being above approach even in our relationships? So Yeah, man. So anyway, good stuff. I like it because it's real talk. Amen. Amen. So, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It just, I guess it, this. I just want to make sure people also, aren't missing your point. Not only living that way as a human, but it's also restore. I guess I was hopeless in that area of my life too, where I was using that as like a place to be even saddened. And when he talked about that, for some reason in my mind, it connected everything together. Like you can still have this, but you must be this way because if you're not this way, then it will not probably look the way you want it to look. Gotcha. Yeah, that's and it, well. It that's true. Hope. Because the way you want it to look is, believe it or not, if you could choose, I, I've never understood this. Even if you're not a Christian, okay, and you look at the description of agape, God-like love, mm-hmm. love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of wrongs, all that thing. Yeah. Right? You look at the d- biblical definition of marriage. People are going to be, well, I don't want to submit. Typically, women. But P.S. In my flesh, I've said this many times. And it's true. I do not want to love. Like Christ loves the church, because that is sacrificial. But yeah, when you let's just so instead of saying that, let's look at agape. No, every human being would go, yes, if I could choose a type of relationship, type of love to characterize my relationship, I would choose this this definition. If that were realistic to have, that's what I would want, right? Mm-hmm. Who would not want that? Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting point of like, you know, you said it won't be what you want. Exactly, because what you want is a good marriage. Here's the irony. If you try to if you just try to be a good spouse. You won't always succeed. But if you strive to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and you are, you will be a good spouse. You yep. see what I mean? Yep. And I see. Dude, yes. <laughs> Unrelated, so we move to spouses, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, people don't want to actually take that as seriously. And also, I think people don't really want to take that whole section of Timothy seriously. Because at the end of the day, when you really think about it, you start seeing all the little things he's actually asking you to do. And it starts becoming more convicting because you're like, I'm not really doing some of that stuff. Because he asked even, he does go, he's like, you're supposed to live this way. You're supposed to be different. And what it actually means to be the salt of the earth. And what it actually means to be above reproach. And to look different. Because if you're living your life above reproach, you're going to look different. Okay, so here's the real interesting thing to talk about here. We, that we could, and it may not be today. Because mm-hmm. again, that sounds good. What does that tangibly look like? Yeah. And that's the issue, right? What does that tangibly look like? How, so... Everything you just said, you said, let's go back to your initial point. I've been thinking lately about how I can live above reproach. And you shared something. What does that, what can Clint do today 
that this show's over and you walk in the rest of your day, that is going to show that you're taking even a minor step towards living above reproach, right? That's my question. I think the things add, the little things add up to the big things, in my opinion. And not just say that. So I, I wrote down a few things while you were talking. One, I think, would be op- being open about my emotions, actually talking about them, whether I'm paranoid or whatever I'm going through in that moment, actually asking those questions and actually going through that and being like, hey, is this what's going on? Being open about that, actually talking about that, because I don't want to talk about it, and I don't want to do that. And it limits me, hmm. and I, trend, I tend to try and go do stuff on my own, and then I get in trouble for mm. because I can't do it all on my own. Um, That's fair. Asking questions in general about, like, okay, when I have ideas going through and, like, making them happen paralyzes me. I don't know why. And going through that, asking questions about how just real life things and, and growing in those. And I think for a short time, there was like, oh, yeah, I actually want to ask all these questions. And now I've just kind of got to that place again where I don't want to ask anything or I, I refuse to think about it ever when I actually mm-hmm. have a ton of questions. Um, just talking about stuff in general that's on my mind, actually going into that rather than being the silent guy in the corner or going off and being alone yeah. and things like that and, like, also, just talking to people in general and going to people about bitterness and all these these. I say they're little, but I think they're even bigger at the end of the day. Like to do those things is just even that's just like a starting point, at least for me. Like all these little things, like yeah, go do these things or these things that I think are little and actually good, which are actually much bigger than me, and go and change that about myself rather than just staying where I'm at. Yeah, man. Okay, so what do you do when you walk out of here today? Those are a bunch of goals, but what is one thing you can do today that you wouldn't be waiting for something to happen? Like the one is like, speak out, you know, all those kind of, what can you actually do today? Um, one second. Gather yeah, you're good. Thoughts. You better gather them good, says big voice. Little voices, yeah. I hate little voice. Don't ever talk. <laughs> <laughs> um... I would say do research on things that I haven't done before. So, like, what about or, asking? Yeah, actually asking. Yeah, <laughs> but true. asking. But you do ask me it. questions, I think. But a lot of times you won't ask them in person. You'll do it like. Yeah. Do you have a problem? Is it hard to ask them in person? Yeah. I don't want to bring down the mood. Mm. I don't want to like distract from what we're doing, or to be random. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So you said do. Because I changed it up. So do research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, do research on these things that have needed to be done. Like actually start getting random things done that I've said like I'm going to go do. Okay, go but do what? You things. see how this is getting so – like, I'm not being picking on you, but this is for a great cool moment for all of us because we all do this. But you still haven't told me something specific you can do today, right? So like today I'm going to maybe – like I'm going to do this one thing, right, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Or today I'm going to – because those things are still dependent on if something needs done, right? It's a bunch. It's kind of nebulous. And I think a lot of times when you make goals, this is an unrelated topic, but yeah, kind of that's related. If you make goals, I mean, if you have things to do, but you keep general goals, you won't do them. It's human nature because it seems too big. Yeah. It's like we can't. Yeah, and I, you don't necessarily need to tell us right now, but I think that's something for all of us to do. And something that I'm working on, too, is what is a specific thing you can do? So if it's I want to be a better wife. Quit saying, I just want to be a better wife. What will you do today at this moment? Excuse me. As soon as you turn this podcast off, 
What is an action? Not, well, I'll, next time he asks me to do something, excuse me, I'll be nice. Right. No, what will you go do? I think that's a good goal. Excuse me, by the way. I kind of burped right in the middle of that. Um, that's a good goal, but like you have to have a tangible thing that you can go do. And right. it's you said this, and it's true. You got to stack up little victories because it helps keep you moving, right? So, for instance, it's that old saying you guys have heard in the military they make you make your bed. Or I don't know if you guys have heard, if you want to start changing your life and be more disciplined, make your bed every morning. That seems so stupid, right? But why? Why are you pushing on that? Because if you make your bed every day, you're already training yourself even in the smallest way to do something you don't want to do to get. To that you don't want to do that's actually good for you. Yeah. Right? Because making your bed is nice. Let's just be real. It's nice to get in a made bed versus Sure. So it's delayed gratification. I'm learning to do something now that will benefit me later, and I'm learning to do something I don't want to do. And you stack up enough of those small victories, and before you know it, you're there. And it's like running a marathon. Nobody's like, you know what? I'm going to run a marathon, and then does nothing, and then expects to show up the day of the marathon and actually be able to run it. So you got to be able to, and I didn't mean to, I think your your guys' transparency is good, and it kind of fits with me. What I've been pondering is I feel led to say this. If you're listening and and you have a goal, you want to be like, you want to be like uh, Clint said, Funter in here and said, hey, I want to be above reproach. I want to be a better person in these areas. I want to be a better wife. Well, stop asking. (laughs) so funny too, man. I think there's a whole other topic, but you brought marriage up and actually does lead me to something later, but. Do something, not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Do Challenge yourself to do something you, that is out of the ordinary, not natural, but you know is good, that will help you get closer to your goal. And that's for everyone. That's good. I like that because, like, you have to, like you said, you have to make it tangible or you just won't do it because, like exactly. you said, it's way too big. It's way too broad. You'll panic. You'll overwhelm yourself. So, like, like you mentioned, like, you like, like a wife, for example. Like, you said, like, how can, like, using the example of, like, how could a wife be, like, like she makes the goal, like, I want to love my husband better. And, like, instead of being, like, well, I just want to love my husband better. Like, well, you know, I'm going to cook him dinner today. Yeah, there you go. That's great. You know. I want to say, like, you're handsome when you come in. Something. Exactly. Something tangible. You out of the ordinary. That. Different. Because yeah. uh, clearly, if you have a goal, it means that it's already different. You wouldn't have to change if it was something you're doing. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So. That's just something to think about. I, I propose something. I propose we are the social guinea pigs for our audience. Okay. I suggest the three of us keep each other accountable to having a tangible task. Like we have an overall goal mm-hmm. and then a tangible task each day to take us one step closer to that. And then we report our findings to them weekly and then an overall at the end of the month. Interesting. So at the end of beginning of beginning of uh, May. Okay. Lord I'm willing. Lord, <laughs> Lord willing. Right? But we got to hold it. Uh-oh, Funtern is not happy about it. He no, is. I, I, he he, he did like, this. No. <laughs> 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 well, it wasn't my, my face or anything like that. I was more of just like. You son of a gun. No, not even that. I was more of a like, Big voice. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was. Deal? Yeah. Deal. Join us, guys. I would love to see you drop a comment below of what your overall goal is. And then maybe you can join us. Uh, you could even join us anonymously via the link and show us what's your action step. And we'll kind of help be able to hold you accountable too because maybe you don't have someone in your life that can do that. Hey, I like it. That's really awesome. We're calling you out. You nope, do something. That, that, <laughs> we love you. By the way, great job, you. guys, with yeah, the uh, with conversation today. I think it's really good. Thank you. No. Anyway, you got away without doing your action step, but you'll tell us the action step. Boom. I, actually, I was going to... Say, I actually circled it because I don't want to do it. Um, I just didn't even read it. I didn't even want, but 
uh, asking you about how to like with my ideas, whether it's an event or whether it's it's a video series or whatever it is. How do you move into that and essentially ask you the question of how do you actually move into that and actually do that without being paralyzed? Because when you look at the whole thing, I'm like, I don't really know what to do with this at all. And then, which was probably more of a conversation for afterwards, but asking you that question and then actually doing what you say and going and planning one of these millions of ideas that I have. Okay, there you go. It's a good one. There we go. And then the other thing I'd encourage, which I haven't said, is putting it in a deadline. So I think those daily ones have to be done by the end of the day. Get what I mean? Yeah. You set a goal because otherwise you're never going to do it. You got to nope. set a goal. And then, of course, you can have bigger ones that you, your overall goal can be set for a later time. But there is something about putting a, a you know, we'll get to that later. Yeah, the small steps, man. So you said you stack. You got to stack them victories. Stack up. Never mind. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> I knew exactly what you're going to say. Something I said a while back. Uh, oh, no. Mine was the worst one. I don't. Hang on. That, that was hilarious. Yeah. Anyway, that, I love I'm it. not talking about hanging people. It's a long story. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, because no one's going to ask me. I'm going to tell you guys anyway. How am I doing? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. How you doing, man? <laughs> Listen, I feel like when I don't, t- when I stop talking in those moments, there is literal five uh. seconds of awkward silence. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Oh yeah. People oh, in the yeah. crowd are like, that's not true, Tack, because you never stop talking. <laughs> that's how they I laugh. But I caught someone thinking that. That's gotcha. how they laugh too. <laughs> <laughs> that's how snotty people laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah. breathe. So, hey, we've killed hey the shoe fits. It fits. <laughs> hey, give it. That's how I view them. Like they're. I'm here to make fun of people. <laughs> I'm here to catch every inappropriate word because I'm the Christian police. <laughs> That's also. Well, some people are, man. Anyway, sounds like sorry to offend the Christian police. Sounds there. like Blake's fine, familiar. Anyway, <laughs> good voice for it. Anyway, uh, he's talking about a game. So, how am I doing? Doing, um, doing okay. I've always wanted to do like have a no us like no songs well enough. Then when someone asked me a question, that I could continually respond in song lyrics from the same song. In such a way and make it fit that they wouldn't even know till the end. I like that. You know what I mean? Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be funny? I wish I could do that too. Yeah, you'd be better at, able to do it than me because of your love of music. That's fair. Just... I hate music. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the crazy police going, I'm not the he hates music. <laughs> Weirdly enough, we have a, a uh, question today about Christian music and worship and all that. I'm all over the place, clearly. So apparently I should not sleep because this is what happens when no, I No, I, I, this is my favorite. Uh, do I have anything to share with you guys? I think I shared this last week, but if not, I'll make it really brief. So I've noticed that, you know, sometimes when we try to be what we think we're supposed to be in order to get people to like us or to make life easier, it has the opposite effect. So in this case... I, and this is going to sound crazy. Whenever I try to be a pastor, and I use air quotes for those on the podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. 
And what I mean by that is not the biblical qualifications, right? But I mean like to be what the stereotype is. And not even that stereotype's wrong. If it was if it was terrible, I wouldn't try to be it. But whenever I try to fit this mold yeah, that I am told, I one, people do not respond to me as positively, even if they should, like even if they do to other people. Two, I become a monster. Like I become this kind of grotesque thing that is a parody of it. So for instance, you know, I, I it is what I it is what it is. I tend to be sometimes I'm pretty straightforward, particularly when I'm in leadership. And I am very loving. People that know me know that. Yeah. But I can be like, let's deal with a problem. Let's do it. So in the last several months, I've tried to be more of the no, you know, and kind of and when I let's do it this way and whatever you want and not step into things. So last week, I kind of just mention this, choosing joy, stepping back into who God's called me to be, realizing that I'm sinning when I don't step into the role he's had for me, right? Because I'm not being obedient to what he's called me to do, and I'm justifying it by making people like me, you know, or whatever, being this role, appearance yeah. of God least denying his power. So I decided to do that. And some of it involved pretty, like, straightforward conversation, man, where I'm, like, having yeah. to do that. And it's so weird because, you know, people responded, people have been pushing back, you know, and then when I do that, people are actually feel more loved, appreciative, more appreciative. Yeah. And I remember, I think I told you guys, it was like, I was like, I don't understand this. When I give you what you want, you're miserable. And when I just act like a way that's straightforward and blunt that I, that at times you complain about, you're actually happier. You being people that, you know, I'm serving and leading and all that yeah. kind of thing. So does that make sense? It does. Like, would I, that make sense if you guys didn't know what's going on in my life? Yeah. That's the big thing. Well, I want them to know. I would say maybe, and maybe this is, this is what came to my mind is even when people, maybe it's because people can sense that you're being you. And not fake. That's super sad, but true. Probably. Like, like they're like they're realizing like that this is Todd. Todd is being Todd, and I appreciate that. Even if maybe they don't like it in the moment, they realize he's being him, and I appreciate that he's just being him. Mm. So that's what I thought about, which is cool though, man. Because in, in a way, like that just shows like it's better to be who you are than try to fit this modern mold of whatever a pastor's supposed to look like. Yeah, know? and it's not that those things mm. are wrong. I think right. I, I think that's part of the reason I want to try to be a son. And what do I mean by the stereotypes? You know, sort of like incredibly gentle sounding and very you know i don't even know how to describe it. it's a positive thing in my head i'm not sure about, i'm not talking about the negative ones i'm talking about the positive ones you know yeah and like i still think those are things some of them i'm going to strive to be but i guess i'll put it this way certain things that other people say pastors don't do is not biblical and like god it's not wrong of me to do so it's not wrong to be straightforward it's not wrong to you know be blunt when it comes to truth as long as it's seasoned with love right to push back, to ask questions and those kind of things. So that's been kind of cool. And also having to face the Eeyore in me, I've told you guys I've been working on, mm-hmm. of like it makes me anxious to even say good things about myself and or that like the day is good. And I've just decided to keep doing it because it's a weird little like almost OCD slash superstition thing that as soon as you do, it's that old saying, well, then everything crappy happens, right? And what I've learned is like that's stupid. And the more I choose joy and the more I just choose to live out and love people, man, the, the better my days are. Yeah. And so and like, that's my encouragement that. to you too, man. I'm the Eeyore's guy in the world, but like you can do it. You can choose it. Now, does that, we talked about this last night. Does that mean like if my car blows up, we talked about this earlier actually in this conversation, it doesn't mean yeah. you're always going to be happy, but I do think overall you'll have more good days than bad if you choose to to view, and it's that old saying, you choose to focus on the positive. There's yeah, truth in yeah. that. And, and the Bible backs that up, you know. I believe in Philippians when it says, if there's anything pure, anything good, anything true, think on such things. That's really good. You know? Yep. So anyway. I that's like that. where I've been. <laughs> Thanks, big boys. 
It sounds like it just uh, <laughs> It's like literally coming out of like a trash heap. That's how I view it in my head. Doesn't that sound like that? Thanks, It's like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyone that's still left in the show by now, we're going to move on to questions. That's, that's good stuff, crazy. though, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Didn't want to take away any chance for you guys' questions. I'm just ready to move on. Oh, yeah. You guys no. It's, yeah, All right. It's good stuff, dude. AJ, I have a question for you. It comes in today. Hot off the presses. All right. How are you loving people in your life like Jesus today? <laughs> Didn't expect that. Mm, no one does. Um, it's a good question. Um, how am I loving people like Jesus? Um, you know, man, this is this is always hard because I'm not very good at seeing the good in myself. It's kind of like what you just talked about. Um, <clears throat> I'm patient. I try to I try to be patient with people. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, too, uh, sometimes, sometimes probably a little too patient. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's hard to weigh patience too. Cause sometimes I wonder if I'm very patient or if I'm just fearful, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but don't second guess it. If you feel like yeah. you're patient, you probably are. So like, yeah, I mean, I would say I'm just patient with people like what, you know, just trying to like walk things out because I know for me, you know, and what you know it's funny how i can look at my life and like all the constant mistakes i make and like i do the same things over and over again and people's patience that you know i say like you guys have had with me like i know that people are deserving of that kind of patience other than just me so like you know that's kind of how i look at it so i'd say just being patient with people you know and and not just trying to assume the worst all the time trying to give people the benefit of the doubt of like yeah man like maybe they are trying to battle this maybe they are you know maybe they are you know, they're fighting or or whatever it is, you know. I'm just yeah, patience. I've been been loving people like Jesus in the way of patience. It's good. Yeah. About you, man. How are you loving people like Jesus? I think I think I've done it today, because it's very specific. I said today. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I probably have been trying to do today is encourage people to be who they've they're called to be and remind them that they are that. Hmm. <clears throat> so even if I'm pushing you guys, you know, sometimes I try to always end it with like, hey, this is what you are. It's not, you may not be, let's say, it goes for anyone. Maybe they've made a mistake and you got to get someone to change something. It's, it's, it's not telling them that what you are is broken and messed up. It's like, hey, you are these, you are a king, for instance, and, you know, be that. Because that's what Jesus did, man. He always saw people for what they were, not, or what they truly were and not what they were in the moment, mm. you know? Yeah, man. So when he, he calls Peter the fisherman, and I love it, man. And we, Every Christian knows the story, but it's so powerful. He says, you will be called Peter, for you will be the rock upon which I will build my church. <laughs> and nobody would have believed that. Nobody. Even, no. P, even clearly Peter didn't believe that. No. So I just think it's beautiful that Peter, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that even if I'm telling people <clears throat> or I'm saying hard things, that I, I'm doing it in such a way that gives them hope in who they really are. Through Christ, does that make sense? Yeah, man. I think that's that's, Fun that's loving people with love and truth. Man. Trying. You have anything? You ever loved anyone today? Just kidding. <laughs> you ever loved anyone <coughs> today? <laughs> um, a lot of me is I think uh, it's slowing down and then just talking and actually well, talking it's, with. It's somebody. saying what ha- what are you doing? Not what do you want to do? What is something that you have? You know, you think you do. How are you um, loving people? 
I try to be that guy. I try to love on every. How do I put this into words? Because my brain's moving fast. I get it, man. Mine too. Faster in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. My one of the big goals I have, and I've I've started doing it again for a while. I stopped. Um, is try to have these small little conversations with people. So like before I go into meal, one of the things I do is I try to walk around and talk to everybody, and like try to have little interactions or. <sighs> Things like that. I try to focus on the youth because I don't, sometimes they don't get seen a lot. And I just mm. go up and I go, hey, how you guys doing? I mess with them a lot. And I, I get sarcastic and they dish it back just as hard. It's actually quite impressive. Um, and just kind of try to talk to everybody because I know a lot of people don't get seen. And I want to try and be that. I don't so want to ever people. be. Yeah, I wanna, I'm trying to see people and love on people the best I can as I go. Because that was something that happened to me, and I don't want that to happen. Hmm. And I see that a lot, and just try to reach out to everybody in all these little little moments and be like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. Which sometimes leads to crazy conversations, and sometimes it's just like, no, oh, I'm doing good. And I'm like, how are you really doing? Like, I'm doing good. And all right, man. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <So> you're okay. <laughs> well, I think oh, you man. do that too, man. Yeah. And I know that doesn't always get noticed or appreciated, and it can make you feel like you're rejected, but it is cool that you do that. Hmm. So well done. You're up, kid. All right. Let's see. It says this person said yes, please on bringing the special guest on. So they really want to see this 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 special guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also said, could we do another Remnant Kids series? Never. I will never let a child be on this show again. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, cause children don't speak wisdom of God. That's what <laughs> church police would say. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think we could do that. That was a really fun show, actually. When we did it a couple years ago, we did a Remus cool, Kids man. episode, and it was I actually really there's some it. deep stuff in there, man, that they said because. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Heck yeah! <clears throat> um, <laughs> I was thinking about the fact that I did that voice again. So. It's hilarious. So here's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. This has to be a coincidence, right? Fun turn finds out blueberries help with stomach issues, and a blueberry muffin goes missing the same week. <laughs> I want you to know, I don't know who this is, and I saw this. Because I make the things, and I literally sat there for 20 minutes going, I don't know who you are or what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you steal <laughs> someone's blue muffins? Not that I know of. Blueberries? I can't, I can't, yeah. first off, I do know exactly. I don't necessarily, I know the situation exactly. You do too. You just don't ever slow down to think. Okay. When, well, I shouldn't say ever, I just insulted you terribly. You never think. <laughs> because that's who you are. Mindless. Yeah. Anyway, um, you remember last week a certain guy. It was really sad because his blueberry muffin was taken. It was here. It was someone we know. God, AJ, you're hard to have shared moments with, man. Because your I, memory I, is like a fried drug addict who doesn't <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't remember anything. So, um, yeah, I do know the situation. There's a certain person whose whose blueberry muffin uh-huh. was. Now, here's the funny part. <laughs> Well, it has to. There's this is actually hilarious, it, and I don't know why they didn't. This is a it. wait a minute. This is hilarious. This is hilarious because it's anonymous, okay? And we can't assume we know who it is. <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah. Now here's the situation. Okay. There's a blueberry muffin. The guy. Now here's the weird part. So this certain guy, we will call him Brad. Okay. <clears throat> Brad, when he came from the from a gas station, yeah. and which times a lot of us guys, a lot of people here at the church, we'll grab each other drinks or snacks or something. Right. So he comes in, and I didn't get one that day because I didn't want anything. But I was really hungry. I wasn't here. And he goes, hey, man. He had a couple candy bars and a blueberry muffin. He goes, hey, man, you want a blueberry muffin? 
And I said at the time, I'm not a huge fan of blueberry muffins. Like I don't, I don't dislike them, but I'm not like I'm not gonna go pick a blueberry muffin. You know what I mean? Unless they're those kind, the Jiffy ones, the Jiff ones that are made. That you, you ever, your mom ever make those with a mix, and you can put them in. A, oh yeah, actually, those are yeah. Good. Anyway, never had. Those oh, before. they're so good. In fact, I wish we could have some right now. Anyway, um, oh man, those are good. <laughs> Back to blueberry muffins. So yes. he asked me if I want a blueberry muffin. Mm-hmm. I said no because I didn't want one. I think I remember this now. Well, literally. Now, here's the thing. Can we just say, if a guy offers you Mm -hmm. the blueberry, of all of the things he has, and he offers you the blueberry muffin, what is your implication? What is your, what would you take from that? This muffin's free game. Thank you. I would agree with that, right? Which is part of, (laughs) don't make that face, because you don't know what you're talking about, all right? Let's get to this. But yes, yes, I would also agree that he must not care too much about the blueberry muffin, right? Like, yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. It's sort okay. of a, let's be real, it's a throwaway snack at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't want it that badly because it's the first thing that he offered up. Mm-hmm. And, and all the seriousness, I thought when, I, when he offered me this, I, was, I remember going, huh, he must not really like blueberry muffins. Because I, I thought he got it from, like, the bargain bin. Remember that? Yeah, I remember Local gas station bin. was at 57% off everything. I remember. It was a great time. So. Hit my nose. So, anyway, a full day passes. Yeah. Full 24 hours. Brad comes in and goes. <laughs> I don't even think. I think we were just talking about it again being hungry or something, right? Yeah. Because we were hungry as men sometimes. And uh, we're sitting around, and he goes. <laughs> he's walking around and goes, man. I just don't know who took my blueberry muffin. <laughs> so the blueberry muffin was taken. Okay? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> why are you making that face? Because it's funny. <laughs> I thought you were assuming I had something to do with this blueberry muffin. We'll get to what that. do you mean? I knew it. I knew <laughs> when we get to this. So, so I tell him, I'm like, listen, man, I don't know what happened to the blueberry muffin. He didn't actually accuse me. A lot of times I get accused of this. Okay? Because when people have throwaway snacks, okay, if someone puts a food out, Puts a food out, all right, and it is, and they put it as though it is in the trash, mm-hmm. going not out of the trash. Not a George Costanza moment here from Seinfeld. <laughs> you know, whatever. Maybe I eat half a thing sometimes. Maybe I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what if I want to eat half a pop tart and save the other half for later? What's the big deal? Okay. <laughs> There's no problem. Well, it's a big problem people have. Anyway, so he's talking to me about the blueberry muffin. Now this is where the story gets funny. Even funnier. So I'm already in my head kind of laughing because he seems so genuinely sad that his blueberry muffin is gone. And I go, you like blueberry muffins? He goes, I love blueberry muffins. And I said, hey, Fun Turn just bought, because remember the day before, he had bought the banana nut muffins. And they were mm-hmm. still up here at the time and not been touched. I was yeah. like, why don't you just go grab it? He goes, I don't like banana nut. I only like blueberry. And I was like, well, that's odd. In my mind, I'm going, I love blueberry muffins. I'm like, why did you offer me the blueberry muffin? First off, that's know. a mystery. That is a mystery. Right? Because he had Reese's. You know I love Reese's. He didn't offer me that. Hmm. So anyway, Brad. another time goes by. Another day. I can't, we kind of let it go. But guess who hasn't let it go? Brad. Brad is Brad is still heartbroken. How do I know? Because he comes and he goes, well, somebody's setting you up again. And I go, what are you talking about? He opens the fridge. And out of the top of the fridge, pulls out the blueberry muffin. And the, <laughs> it's halfway gone. So he sees the blueberry muffin, <laughs> and you should have seen his face, dude, just genuine, like, 
so sad. He goes, and I go, oh man. He goes, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just my life. You know how he is. Yeah. Us. I go, hey, there's still half me. And why don't you just, you know, it seems fresh still. <laughs> the best part about this novel. He was, he was not interested in it. So I think what he's implying is you had just talked about blueberries, right? Helping your stomach. Oh, yeah. I think he even said that on a real talk, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I did. Now you see how it's coming together. Circumstantial yeah. evidence. So now I believe you. The best part about this is, is one, now I 100% know who it is. Two, the oh, fact yeah, that this is. has gotten to this level would also, I had no idea <laughs> that this blueberry muffin existed. Because I work. I work on, this was another part of like the time where it's like the three, four days a week I work and don't see anybody at night. And I couldn't. The problem is, here's the other thing to this mystery. Someone took the time to shove this half-eaten muffin to the top right-hand corner <laughs> of, the, of the fridge. They did. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> why would they do that? I don't know, Todd. I don't know why everyone is assuming I have anything to do with this. <sighs> hey, he said himself I was probably set up already. I was. Yeah. Anyway, that's the whole story, man. The best part, I had no idea. I literally saw this question earlier this week, and I was like, what are they talking about? Are they talking about the blueberry well, 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 Wait a second, because now I, I need to know something. I need to know who you guys think did this. <laughs> Hello, man. Listen, we're going to make code names, okay? And I think hopefully you guys will catch on to who the code names are, okay? Yeah. So we already have Brad. I think Brad's out of the picture because it was his mom. I mean, how evil would (laughs) Brad have to be? Unless he is literally chaotic evil. Yeah. (laughs) He's just trying to cause chaos in his life. Yeah, I agree. So we have Brad's probably out of the picture. So we have have Billy. (laughs) Okay, who's Billy? Which one? Another B? Yeah, there's another B. So so Brad, now there's Billy. Okay, I'm going to... Thank you. Oh, yeah, Billy. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I got you. Now I'm with you. Yep, so Billy's possibly in this. We have Cody. We have Arnold. Who else? <laughs> wow, I wonder who that is. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, who is the other one? Cody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cody with a K. Have, um, let me have, uh, man, Timmy. <laughs> we already know. You got to pick a different one because people don't think it's Tim Jones. It's not Tim. So we're going to go with a different T name. Uh, gosh, I'm having a hard There's a thousand T names. Uh, I'm thinking of a common one right Tartarol. now. Tartarol. No. What? <laughs> no. Go with your common one. T- Tyler. Oh, t- perfect. Tyler. So we have Tyler, and then we have who's the last one remaining? Uh, Gerald. <laughs> uh, wait, then, who's, then who is Caleb? Or uh, Cody. Co- who's Cody? Oh, yeah. Forgot. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so Cody and then Gerald. I like Gerald. Okay. Yeah, Gerald. Is there a possibility this could have been the raccoon Gerald? The raccoon? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it was a raccoon. <laughs> the raccoon. Is that how you say raccoon? No. Is that real? Your whole <laughs> life you have said, hey, there's a, what's a striped animal that gets in the trash? Oh, uh, that's a raccoon. <laughs> I'm a raccoon you hunter. Uh, that's an opossum. <laughs> anyway. 
A raccoon. So, who, who do we think did this? Well, I can tell you who I know it wasn't. Who's that? There's no way it was Tyler. Like, which one's Wait, Tyler? Wait, there's another T. There's yeah. two T's. Mm-hmm. So we have Tyler. Okay, Tyler is the other one then. Okay, so then, then there's also Toby. Okay. So you think Toby didn't do it. Why did you jump to assume Toby did it? Well, I didn't. I'm yeah, asking he did. you did. <laughs> he did. Because you. I said Tyler didn't do it, and you immediately jumped to Toby. I can tell you this much. You guys know for a fact Arnold wouldn't like blueberry muffins. I, yeah, I know. You didn't touch any of them when I bought them. Let's for stick all to the. Let's Wait, stick. How do you know who know? How do you think you know who Arnold is? Because <laughs> you been, Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Far off name, man. Yeah, man. So far off. <laughs> so I feel like you're hinting at something here. I feel like you have an accusation. There is no accusations against anybody. I I'm think you are accusing that's, Toby. That's, I'm. <laughs> I think you're accusing Toby of here, this. Here is a sleeper in this whole situation. I already know. Tyler. Yeah? Oh, but I still think you're implying Toby. I'm not implying Toby. Really? Because you looked at me earlier, and you said you said it in such a way as to imply. That Toby was the one who yeah. did it? No, man. You're still, your face is still, I don't, you're doing I don't, this. No. I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> anyway. I think. Let's stick to the person <laughs> whose circumstantial evidence points to you here. Yeah. Fun turn. Mm, that's just fair. kidding. Fun turn. <laughs> was it just a coincidence? A hundred percent. I didn't even know this blueberry muffin existed. <laughs> All I right. literally was like, Moving what on. is this? Okay. <clears throat> hey, um, that's a good question, though. Led to a good oh, time. This is another... We've got another good question here. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, Todd, here we go. It says, uh, who would win in a fight, AJ or Jordan? Jordan, easy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he goes... The quickness. It was Toby. <laughs> I'm coming out. Weirdly enough, I, I can't imagine who asked this question, by the way. Me either. I have no idea who would. You know, she told me. So, yeah. I told her we should do bets, and then you just throw the fight, man. Oh, nice. Take a dive. I'm in. Anyway, clearly, <laughs> uh, fun turn. Who would win? <clears throat> you know who would win. Yeah. I'll say it. AJ. Look at his beard. That implies testosterone's flowing through his veins. Now, who would win emotionally? <sighs> That's a good question. She can be very. She didn't. Mean. She didn't say what kind of fight. You had it was. a ten, you have a tender heart. I do. She does too. Buried under stone. Just kidding. She's awesome. We could always. We could always do a who will cry first. I do not think you. Well, you'd win that too. She's secretly very. Tender. <laughs> but if it's a fight on who. Is the best at getting stuff done. Wow. She might beat all of us. That's true, man. Jordan's a hard worker. Yep. Fact. She's a go-getter. Here's my question. Sorry, I was an episode behind, but grits and gravy. Heart love, Jill. Heart love, Jill. She didn't write heart love, but there's a nice heart there. Jill, why are you behind? (laughs) Just kidding. That's pretty cool that you did that. Yeah, thank you, Jill. All right, man. Um, What's next? Okay, here's a... I already, have our, I already have our word, by the way, for the end of this episode. Oh, heck yeah. It's a good one. No one will ever guess it. I saw something interesting. A church does not use instruments for worship because they were not, quote, authorized by God. Is there any biblical backing of this? All I know is you make a joyful noise for the Lord. So my opinion is it does not matter. But I'm wondering if there's anything in the Bible that says anything about this. Yeah, so first of all, let's get this out in the open. The New Testament does not give any direction to use. There's no mention of instruments in the New Testament, okay? Mm -hmm. However, 
the absence of something doesn't mean it's forbidden. So let's focus on what the Old Testament does say, because the Old Testament, and same God, does mention um, instruments. How do I know? Let's look at Psalm 81, okay? Verse 2 says, Lift up a song, play the tambourine, the melodious lyre, and the harp. It's pretty dope. All right? Got that for you. Let's move on. I'll go to 154, Psalm 150, verse 4 says, Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with flute and strings. Pretty cool, man. I yeah. like this. All right. Psalm. Uh, there's also a lot of mentions of... Um, did I bring the other one on here? Well, we can go ahead and look it up. So, Oh, yeah, I did it again. Okay, so Psalm 4.1. Mm-hmm. It actually starts with <clears throat> Psalm 4, a night prayer for the choir director with stringed instruments. So it's directing them to play it with stringed instruments. Okay? That's pretty cool. <clears throat> and then there's more you can look up. Um, and then First Chronicles, we we have here, First Chronicles 23, 5, when he's telling them how to take care of kind of the temple and how to set things up or to set people up, it says, 4,000 are to be gatekeepers and 4,000 are to praise the Lord with instruments that I have made for worship. That's, that's pretty cool, man. All right? Yeah. So the argument against this, and I think you found some too, an argument they give. One of the other arguments they would that I have said against it, which P.S., I think that implies like, you know, hey, it's not, why would God call something sinful now that he didn't then, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if anything, it's the other way around. Their argument, now, I will say it doesn't mention this. Their argument would be that we are a living temple, so we don't need those things anymore because we, our voice is the only instrument. Um, so there's that. I personally... And then, well, I'll let you finish this. They, they, there's another argument they have. Go ahead. You look this up. Yeah, so, you know. They on, being people that are against instruments. Yes, yeah, so on the contrary of people who think that, you know, like, the instruments should not be involved. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a guy here, I found an article where he mentions Colossians 2, uh, 22 to 23. Okay. And Colossians 2, 22 to 23 says, uh, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and aestheticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and this guy went as far as to say, like, this is a matter of, like, salvation. <laughs> well, that's absolutely ridiculous. So. Yeah, because he, I mean, he's... I don't even want to, like... like he talks about that. he he talks about how like it feels like it goes against scripture and if it goes against scripture then it's a matter of salvation. Yeah. So pretty pretty steep. That verse, that in my opinion, did you read it? Yeah. Okay, you can read it one more time. Sorry, sure. I was thinking about the whole thing and got. Yeah, this. it says referring to things that will perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and aestheticism and severity to the, to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Yeah, I don't, I mean, you brought this up yourself. You, I like how you said it. You said, man, that's a big stretch right, yes. to get that to fit. And I would agree, and that's not the context of that specific scripture. That's specifically talking about that they, there are religious practices. For instance, you know, people that hit themselves. You ever heard of that flogging? You know, those things can look like they have the appearance, but they don't actually help you. Denying right. yourself, you know, I don't know, you know, punishing yourself kind of thing. Exactly. <clears throat> um, so overall, I don't, I think either way, and certainly we don't want to, you know, we wouldn't want to play instruments just because the world plays music and does instruments, right? So my right. point is that's not why we do it. And I think it's one of those things that I would not judge a church that chose not to if that church was prayerful about and they said we don't want to do that. But also I think it's um, it's certainly not sinful for a church to use instruments. And I no. think that, you know, clearly 
and and this this person is horrifically wrong that oh, it's yeah. a salvation issue. I don't even want to talk about that. Oh yeah, it's insane. Um, it's another example of it's we tend to want to make rules in the absence of information and make religious rules, and I think it's just you know something we got to be careful of. So uh, I absolutely believe that churches can use instruments. Now on the other side of it, do I think people can take worship and make it? You know, depending on the heart of the worship team and the heart of the people behind it, that it becomes something grotesque and it's it's more of a show than worship. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I, I think that has less to do. You could do that with just singers. I less to do with the instruments, and more to do with the heart. Absolutely, I man. I agree. And it's funny because like one of the other like just a small like little addition to that is they they believe at least people in this article they talk about how the New Testament emphasizes inward expressions of spirituality rather than outward practices mentioned mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. So, like, they even bring up, like, the idea of, like, animal sacrifice and use of instruments, while on the contrary, for um, for the New Testament, I believe, saying it's more internalized. Like, Oh, so their argument would be, like, we don't kill animals anymore, so we wouldn't use like, instruments. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of odd. <laughs> I kind of go the other way. So I read an article one time a while back, because I've talked to you about this before. There's a church in that does that, and I don't really think I just know that they don't believe in instruments, yeah. But there's no one that says that we're to use in the New Testament, says we're to have fancy church buildings or use stained glass or have big crosses on our walls. Like, you know, you could make that argument the other way, too. Absolutely, you so could. That's our answer to that. Um, so their biblical backing, he kind of gave it, would be it's not specifically mentioned to do that, so they say that means you, you shouldn't, yep. Um, and then I think Scripture says that, you know, my personal opinion, clearly God loves music, and anything can be redeemed for God, I believe. Amen, in, dude. You know, in the proper context. So, uh, I think that's it, right? Questions? Yeah, that's all the questions we got. Um, I know we still have to watch that, guys. you got to hold me accountable. So, I was told the other day that someone asked two questions about Jonah. We did answer the questions about Jonah in relation to casting lots. Remember that? So yeah. So, check out a couple episodes ago. We did not get to the one where I was supposed to watch the video. Um, so I haven't done that yet. I am going to watch it because I wanted to give it the time to be able to answer the question between the differences between whether I thought the video did kind of a disservice to the story or whether I thought it was the same. Um, so we'll get to that. We haven't forgotten about you, though, the person asked that question, so don't give up on us. Yes. However, how much time we've been on here, Funter? Now, I know you got to cut some stuff off here. He's going to look because we have uh, – we, we still haven't gotten to this deliverance thing, man. Yep, what, we at? And... what does it say? What's it actually say? He is um, taking forever to speak. It will, it, it, I would say we're closer to an hour. Oh, that's it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. To an hour. Oh, okay. So that's pretty short, really. Feels long, but he had to pause yeah. a couple times. It, do, it, it definitely, yeah. So what we were going to talk about, if you guys remember a few weeks ago, and I think we can at least go into this a little bit, um, if you guys agree with it, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. So... Greg Locke, if you remember a few weeks ago on the show, we mentioned that Greg Locke, who's a pastor, kind of became famous during the quarantine and stuff for getting involved with uh, being outspoken against the, the mask mandates and stuff like that. Um, also is, being, has, is doing a deliverance ministry. Yeah. And we kind of said that we'd go into that a little bit deeper. But he also was, it was the one, if you guys remember, who said that he was calling out witches in his congregation because they had cast out a demon and the demons started giving names of witches in his congregation. You remember this? Yes. So... <laughs> you do good. Yeah, so I guess we're, we're going to kind of explain to you. Fun turned into research for us too, and put together some stuff for us to kind of explain to you what did. Did we do that? Did we? Did we talk about what deliverance ministry was? I feel like we. I don't think we have yet. We didn't no. at all because I guess it was just when I went through. P.S. My old notes aren't on here. This is the new one, which did not have, but that's okay. Um, 
just because I, I definitely had this. So I then we'll go that. into it. So what is the Deliverance Ministry? Okay, Deliverance Ministry, I'm going to read this. This is from allaboutgod.com, and I think most of it's pretty good. So essentially, um, I like Dr. Junker. Where is he, who he is here? Like who he specifically is. So uh, a doctor by the name of Dr. Junker defines, and I kind of agree with this, Deliverance mm-hmm. Ministry as, because he's doing these deliverance services now. As the name commonly given to Christian individuals or ministries who believe one that Christians can can that Christians can have demons inside of them, mm-hmm. two that there are specific methods, techniques, and prayers for discerning the presence of demons and for casting them out, and three that such such exorcisms are necessary prerequisites for living a successful and victorious Christian life. Evidence for these beliefs is derived from experience and a handful of scriptures that have been taken out of context in his his viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So. A big part of it is the belief that demons can inhabit believers. Right, even after you put your faith in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, which is Um, already kind of... Well, the Bible, that's not possible. The Bible says that a a believer cannot be possessed, okay? They could be oppressed. Now, some... That's why I'm like, man, I don't know if we should go in, because this goes deep. Um, So, for instance, my point in that, though, is that today's... In defense of them, or their viewpoint would be, today's deliverance teachers... Teachers claim that it's a matter of semantics, meaning it's just words. They say that a Christian cannot be possessed, they would agree, but that they can be influenced or impressed instead. And this guy says, however, their practices are not in agreement. They believe that a Christian can be influenced or oppressed to the point of becoming indwelt with demons with the needs to cast them out. They say there is a space inside the believer's body where a demon can dwell, but the, according to the Bible, nowhere teaches such, such specifics. Right. So... Uh, they would say that many in the deliverance... Ministry get around um, the very clear verses where it says, for instance, in Romans 8, 9, 11, says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. Um, and then First John 4, 4 says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them, meaning demons and Satan, because the one who is in you, God, and this, I put that in parentheses, that's who they're talking about, is mm-hmm. greater than the one who is in the world. We know that the one in the world is Satan. Yep. So he says people, these deliverance ministry proponents, the people that are for this, kind of get around it by saying that the Christians are invaded by demons rather than possessed. They change the wording. It's very interesting. So Very subtle. Um, <clears throat> so they, they are, uh, there's some dangers to this. Oh, absolutely, man. One of the best dangers I think comes from, they say this can create a legalistic form of freedom that's being offered, which only leads to further bondage, ending in futility and disillusionment, enslaves people to the delusion that they continually need demons cast out of them. Yeah, man, because like, you know. They're they're saying instead that, of living the freedom that Christ offers. Yes, because they're, it's almost <clears throat> like they're saying the seal of the Holy Spirit is not it's not there. It's not enough, right? So that's so. Ugh. Now again, there may be people out there, you know, they're going to say this, but overall, or they're going to kind of say, "Oh, well, I'm not saying that," but. Um. <clears throat> I, I like that they point out how it says, like, as 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 believers, we are really without excuse to blame our behavior on demons. It's true. That's <laughs> really good. Um, I like that they mention that because it's like, again, you know, we're under the belief that, you know, when we put our faith in Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit is sealed inside of us. And after that, we are no longer slaves to sin. 
So we don't, you know, any any sin that we commit, it is fully our choice. You know, we cannot take that and place the blame on like a demon. It's true, man. Um, he also goes on to say, listen, you know, people that would teach that to a certain degree are false teachers, and it doesn't mean that their motives were bad. Mm -hmm. But I like what they said here. We've been, uh, where's it at? Even though they may be passionate and sincere, they were sincerely wrong. Hmm. Because we've been warned in Scripture not to go beyond what is written, 1 Corinthians 4, 6. So this person said, <clears throat> Deliverance ministry attacked three essential areas of theology. <clears throat> it denied the work and person of Jesus Christ by teaching that he is weak and cannot protect his own children. Two, it denied the sufficient grace and new creation granted to the believer upon salvation, such as mentioned in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it ignored Scripture that teaches the evil one can no longer touch the believer unless the Lord would allow for the purpose of discipline, which is shown in 1 Corinthians 5, 4, and 5, and Hebrews 12, 4 through 7. Mm. Which I do know that verse, evil one cannot touch us. So, it's good. Um, many believers, this is quote, many believers fail to see God's sovereign faithfulness and protection found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which always provides a way out. You want to look yep. that up. We are without, really without excuses, believers to blame our heavy and our demons, which you mentioned. Mm hmm. Um, Corinthians 10, verse 13. John gives us great assurance when he says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. Mm. Uh, the Greek word for translated as harm is, is hapto, which means to fasten to. So the evil one cannot fasten to a believer. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's good. And that's fact. So I also like here that some of the dangerous dangers of it is it, and you mentioned this, deliverance ministry shifts the blame for sin addiction and other struggles to the demonic. It's an unhealthy way and unbiblical way of dealing with sin. Instead of believers called to repent and surrender to God, our wickedness comes from the heart hmm. as well as from the flesh, even without the aid of demons. We are called to crucify fleshly desires and reckon them as dead walking in the strength of the Holy Spirit instead. So yes, you can be oppressed by demons, like in the sense of a, per, a believer can. But if we follow God and do the things He do, that wouldn't matter, right? It won't, wouldn't be able to influence us that way. When right. those things happen, we have to cling to truth. So It's really good, man. Um, he also says that the danger of it, it gives an unbiblical view of God's sovereignty, and that's a good point. So it's that idea of, you guys seen that picture of God and the devil um, arm, arm wrestling, wrestling yes. and they're equal? That's kind of, isn't that kind of what it's implying? Like there's this battle back and forth of like, yes. of for the soul of a believer even, and that's yeah. where it gets dangerous. It's right, because like, they're saying Satan could very well have an like upper hand. Rip it back, yes. rip him, you know, something like that. It also gives it. This person says a dangerous preoccupation with the demonic, and I kind of believe mm -hmm. that too. Um, God calls believers to be preoccupied with Him, not obsessed with things that oppose Him. From Romans eight five through eight. Mm -hmm. um, those involved in deliverance ministry have reported that they became dependent on their deliverance minister as a solution to their uh, possession. It also fostered paranoia rather than peace and security. That's, that's kind of deep. Mm -hmm. And then a false view of salvation. Many in the deliverance ministry, and it says many, misunderstand Jesus' death on the cross. The Bible very clearly states that Christ's work on the cross was sufficient. Further deliverance is not necessary. To teach otherwise gives the impression that Christ's work is incomplete. Now, I'm sure there's people out there that say they do delivery ministries to the unsaved. Hmm. Um. You know, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. Like, as far as possession, you know, and that's a, that's a different thing. So do I believe the Bible says that a non-believer is open and if the possibility of possession exists? Sure, I've got, we got we to gotta face that. Absolutely, I agree but, with but that. But a lot of times these deliverance ministries, they're not wrapped around that. They are wrapped around of like, hey, you are addicted or you have a bad marriage or you have, 
lust or sometimes even that you have a sickness, right? You've seen them, those healing ones. What are yep. they actually doing? Hmm. You know, sometimes. So That's really good, man. I like yep. I didn't mean to ramble, guys, but I think it's important that we understand what they're doing in these, these cases. Oh, definitely. Um, and there's a lot more, too. Um, so, you know, does that mean that Greg Locke, I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. I don't know what he preaches. Right. Uh, I do know that he says they do those every single day. Those every single day, yep. Um, so, it's interesting. It, I've also thought, if you have a demon, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's, just, let's follow the logic here. I think we mentioned this. And you're casting a demon out. Let's say that happened. Okay? Yeah. It's just this... Why would it rat out people in the congregation? What, it almost makes it seem like, wouldn't it more, like, wouldn't that be helping? Wouldn't it more make sense that it would, like, accuse people to cause destruction and chaos? I'm not saying, you know what you I mean? You would think, because in a way, and this is where I think, I, I, this is where it gets a little weird, I agree, because why, it's almost like you're putting the power in yourself of, like, how this thing is, like, scared of you. Well, yeah, and also, what would its motives be? Right. Unless it, you know, it's just interesting. It kind of reminds me of the thing. I'm not saying this about Greg Locke, but I do remember. Remember the accusation they accused Jesus of? They said, you're casting out demons by Beelzebub. Like, you're casting out demons by a demon, by the power of the devil, which he clearly wasn't. But that's an interesting thought. Do you think that the enemy would feign giving someone power to cast out some of his other demon friends just to have them put faith in a false religion? Absolutely. Me too. I think that's where a lot of those things happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, sure, I'll get out of this person just to make you... Because remember, what's the main goal? The main goal is to make you not put your faith in Christ. That's right. They exactly lead you astray. <laughs> and that's, that's 100% what would... I mean, that's... A, yeah, you're right. He's cunning. I mean, like, he, you know, he would use that. I would... I don't know, man. I would say that with a guy like Greg Locke, like... I don't know, man. Like you yeah, said, yeah, and I'm not. I don't want to tear him down. I'm just talking. We're talking about deliverance ministries and the dangers of. And I've never actually seen, to be fair, one of his deliverance ministries. We're just talking about because people kept asking, "What is a deliverance ministry?" Mm-hmm. So sorry. Go ahead. I just want to make sure I'm not attacking the guy. Oh but no. You think that, you know, if he is doing those kinds of things, you got to be leery of that because that's not biblical. Definitely. Sorry. You know, and I think that. I wonder what because I think you might have mentioned off camera like a couple weeks ago like when we were talking about the idea of deliverance and like because we, we weren't really like at least i i was not fully aware of what a deliverance ministry really was mm-hmm. yeah, so like too, yeah. and so i know you had you had uh you had mentioned other people who had had kind of taken the like they had used deliverance ministries like for their own gain. Like you, you mentioned mm. some people, I just don't remember who they were, at least not right now, but like it gave me a good perspective of what to kind of look for. Mm. So like, do you remember any of the people you had mentioned <laughs> who like had done like a deliverance ministry, but it was actually like a false gospel sort of thing? No, not the top of my head. Mm. Um, I don't remember what I said. I think I'm very leery of, of any time someone promises healing or delivery and it's related to donations and money and those kinds of things. And yeah. I ha- and I do know that a lot of big names did that, and in doing that, promoted a false gospel and took advantage of a lot of the elderly, the sick, the the ones that wanted hope to believe that someone was with them. Hmm. In fact, you you met a lady. I did, uh, and I and I'm not questioning that guy's thing, but this, this is a man she never even met. Really, that's right. And had and was sending this guy money all the time. Mm-hmm. And my point to you is like, look how easy it is for someone to want to put their faith in a person. 
Yeah. Not saying that's what this lady was doing, but like, you know, you don't, she doesn't even live in the state. Nope. But believed he was like, called, didn't even give him a name or something too, right? Apostle or something, didn't she say? Um, I, I think it was, like I think it was, yeah, I think it was Apostle. So, yeah. And like, yeah, like she was like, hey, I'll be, I'll be on his staff one day. Like, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was kind of, well, it was kind of out of left field, that's for sure. I don't know, man. It's just interesting because, like, we know that the Bible states that these kinds of things are real. But when I see people talk about it, at least just by the nature of how they talk about it, it makes me feel, like, weird. Like, is this, you know, am I just not open enough to, mm-hmm. to what, like, what the real possibility is that this like this could be real, or is it more of like a I, I should be worried? Like I don't know. It's just the way because like I know like we can get into Greg like more later, but like even just the way that they can be presented, I'm like I I don't know if this is <laughs> if this is if this is real or not. Like sometimes I'm like I know that's real because the Bible talks about it, but when people the way they go about yeah. it, I'm like they I can see why. At times, people on the outside of Christianity, people who are against it, or people who are looking for reasons to like hate on Christianity, or people are looking for reasons to to make it a joke. Like I can see these examples and go, man, like I can see why people like do it, you know. And it's mm-hmm. hard because you know I'm a part of this body, so it's like it makes me go, you know, am I just, you know, am, am I, am I, oh, am I closed-minded like the other people who don't believe in this, or mm-hmm. is it that there really should be real like true concern in this? Like you know, I get confused. Yeah, sure. I get confused sometimes because I go, man, like what the words they're saying are not. It's not that they're not necessarily not true, but it's just the nature of it. You know, it's just it's odd. So it's like, I don't yeah, know. man, we've got to be rooted in scripture. And if something, you know, even if it's, you know, you think of it like. I've said this before. If you take a full bottle of water and you put one drop of poison in it, do you want to drink that nope. bottle of water? And it's kind of the same thing with with some of these false teachings is 99% of it can be true, but that one little bit that changes it, intrinsically changes the gospel is enough to make us go, oof. Yep. And we have to be aware of that. And you have to know what the gospel is. What I'm concerned about a lot of times is how many believers I know, if I ask them to tell me what the gospel is, the, like the, what is the message of the gospel, they don't know how to say it. Like that is like, concerning, but I and I don't know if that's because sometimes I don't necessarily think it's because they don't know what the gospel is. They just think that they're supposed to say something fancy hmm. when it could just be like, "What is the gospel?" You know, and that's wrapped up in Christ. So it's interesting. Agreed. Uh, anyway, well, you know, hopefully that guy's gives a look. Man, I'm telling you, today has been tough for me. <laughs> Hope that gives you guys a little more background, a little more info on. Yeah. Deliverance Ministries, you can certainly, uh, or, you know, give us your thoughts. Have you had any experience with Deliverance Ministries? I believe there may be some of you that have went to one of these hmm. um, services, you know. We'd, we'd love to hear your thoughts, views, what happened, you know, how, you know, all of it. Even if it's disagreeing with us or giving Absolutely. us a different viewpoint, we'd love to hear it. So. Anyway, you guys got anything? <laughs> Um, it just reminded me of like a, like a, like a little story that lady told me about how, you know, cause from, from the, the definition of like a deliverance ministry, you know, it sounds like this guy is kind of similar to that, at least to an extent. And like how, you know, she went to this conference or whatever. And like, she said that there was, you know, that she was told there was no more seats available, but then there was, they're like, Oh, suddenly there's one available now. You know, and they, and they had her name on the list. And then she came in there and, you know, she said like, she, 
you know, she, she stood in the crowd and then, you know, as soon as she, like within like a minute of her being in there, you know, the guy was like, is there a, a lady named this in the crowd, you know? And it's like, it just makes me wonder, you know, like it's hard because like, sure, you want to believe in the, like, yeah, like the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm also like sometimes, and maybe this is where, the, you know, is this discernment or not? But, you know, I know for me, like the first thing I think of is like, well, you know, like, it is pretty easy to have a list of people on and just say, Hey, this is the last person who's in the event. You know, like it's pretty easy to do that, you know, like, yeah. So like, you know, it's pretty easy to go, Hey, you know, using like, uh, let's just use the word, you know, the name Karen, you know, if Karen's the last person to come into an event and you know, for a fact that, it, that it is, and you know, they just sat down, it's pretty easy to tell somebody, Hey, there's a woman named Karen, you know, <laughs> like it's pretty easy to do that. So it's like, you know, it's funny because I can look at it as me being like more pessimistic and like, oh, you know, be more negative. I'm also like, yeah, but I don't know. Hmm. I just know that that's a possibility and that people, you know, we, we know for a fact people have used God for self gain. You know, we like, we know that. So it's like, <laughs> it's hard not to, to question that, that kind of stuff sometimes. So that was just an example I thought of, you know, that I've heard. So it's like, I don't know. It's actually pretty interesting, man. I never thought of it like uh, that, like how you could do that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or even like you know, not even even if you take faith out of the picture and you have like those people who are mediums who claim to be able to talk to dead people, sure. like same thing. You know, on like a Don't talk they show. Make, a lot of times, make them fill out something too. I I I think so. Yeah. So like, it's pretty easy for them to just take the sheet of paper and focus on one person and you know make it mysterious when it's like no, you just take this person's sign-in sheet and <laughs> you know. So, yeah, just interesting. I don't know, man. It makes you question, it makes you think. <laughs> so, yep, that was the only other thing I had to add to that. Psychoanalysis isn't as hard for people to learn as what they put on. A lot of con artists and people use it all the time. So, like, right at the end of the day, like, you can either predict or you can ask questions that are just probing enough that you can get an answer. Mm-hmm. I think the, the only experience besides, like, random weird stuff but like the only I, I remember a distinct story where like our youth pastor asked us like hey what do you want to learn about because we were all we we're high school kids we're getting up there junior senior and he's like okay what do you guys want to learn about because like I, I felt convicted lately like what haven't I taught you what do you want to yeah. learn about and we all said spiritual warfare and then he said he sat up there looked over at a guy that we called thug and he said they want to know tell them and then like Told them, and then they both said, "We do know per we do know a couple that we went to college with. They don't talk about it often. We could ask them to come and speak before you guys, and they deal with like the real stuff. That it isn't all what they do, but like they feel called to not only go around the U.S. but to go on missions trip to to deal with these situations, but also to preach and do these things. And that was the only time I ever had anything with that. Yeah, and they they treated it pretty seriously because they were like, these people do not like." We can ask and see if they'll come. That's it. And it was a it was a weird situation of like they don't like to talk about this. They don't like they don't want they're willing to talk about this if this is what you guys truly want to know. If you want to go more in depth with it, they're the people that would probably know more about it than us. Yeah. Yeah, like and like listen, spirit there is a spiritual side of it. You know, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. There is a side, you know. The demonic is real. There yeah. is an enemy. But I think, you know, we're also called not to be obsessed with that stuff. And mm, it's good. Um, don't want to focus on it. Yeah, and and like I so, you know, maybe that's something we talk about sometimes. We don't get any questions about that very often, but that's true. Um, maybe that's what we need, 
you know, someone. I think, feel like it makes a lot of people very anxious to think For about. Sure. It's not. It's scary. But yeah. in Christ, we should we shouldn't be afraid. Mm, that's good. Anyway, great episode. Yeah, man, I've had a lot of fun today. Thank you for sharing that, too. That's a good point, man. There's stuff out there for people to find. Absolutely. Anything you want to say, my friend? My friends? Hello, my friends. I'll keep it quick for y'all. Hello. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you're watching this from any one of our social media places, you already know the drill. Share it, like it, spread it around. Let someone know they're loved. That's it. Nice. Fun turn. You know the deal. You know the deal. If you're watching this on watching this, uh, if you're listening to this on any podcast platforms that we have out there, Spotify, Apple Play, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, whatever they have out there anymore, if you can leave a review, please leave a five star review and leave us something in the comment section. Write something; it really helps us on the business end of things. And uh, if you didn't like this, we ask you not to write anything at all, and we bid you a, a farewell. And if you didn't like this, but yet you still want to talk to us, we ask you to have a pleasant dialogue with us in the uh the uh the comic section or with the link and that will pop up around here this time so yeah that's pretty much all i got nice i don't really think there's much else to say appreciate you guys hey like share if you're a long-term viewer and you don't like it or share or listener uh, i'm telling you guys don't take for granted that we'll always be here you know we we don't do anything here at the church that sponsor this if it's not beneficial, you know, we have a lot of dreams and plans and we, and we don't want to do things just to do them. We want to do things that benefit and bless people mm. and encourage people and all those kinds of things. And that's what this show blossomed out of. And so, you know, don't take it for granted that we know that thing, good things are happening or you, you're looking forward to it. So like, share, all of that stuff, man. Introduce your friends. Tell your friends to look it up and follow the show on, you know, on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Like, say, hey, you ever listen to this podcast? Do that. I know you have those discussions. You, I'm sure you suggest Oprah and all these relationship gurus and right. two drunk girls and a scary story or whatever podcast you listen to. <laughs> you know, take an opportunity to do that for us, too. I'd really appreciate that. Um, and bring in those questions. Man, use the link, www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. Give us topics. Give us uh, videos. Give us articles. Give us what's on your mind. We want to know. Uh, give us input. All that good stuff. When you do that, you're contributing to uh, Real Talk. Real Talk. So appreciate that. Love you guys so much. We hope you enjoy the show. Hope you felt loved. want to leave you with this. God will never let go of you. I've said it week after week. You can't out sin his grace because it was never completely dependent on you. Put your faith in him. Clean to him. Follow him. Life will be better when you do what he says to do and don't do what he says not to do. But at the end of the day, he'll never let go of you if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Rest in that. That's what the word says. That's not just what I say. Your code word for the day to show that you've listened to the entire show is marsupials and mammals. Marsupials and mammals. Or, yeah. Comment below. Marsupials and raccoons. Either one. (laughs) Have a great day.